My Pillow is made in the United States. My Pillow is the only pillow manufactured by a crackhead. Yeah, it's my special dampening pillow from when I'm getting pegged by Alberto. Wow. <laughs> well, so it's a my pillow. <laughs> mm-hmm. My pillow is the only pillow made in the United States where Alberto can continually ram you in the ass with full comfort. <laughs> my pillow. The Jets just missed the fireworks display going on at my house. Who? The fireworks display. I might. Yeah, they go. You got that? I don't know if you can hear it. No. Uh, my neighbors blow shit up after every Seahawks win, and they're oh, nice. they're especially happy tonight. Is the my pillow guy from Seattle? He's from somewhere up there, isn't he? Who? The my pillow guy, the old crackhead. You know who I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about my pillow? No, no idea. Oh, my pillow. He runs the ads on Fox News. Then I definitely you don't know Fox who you're talking News? about because I don't watch you guys, Fox News. Do you guys ever. know what I'm talking about with my pillow? Nine. Um, oh man. We're we're an MSNBC house, Joe. This is definitely they're going to make a movie about this guy. So he was a crackhead, and he went to jail for like fifteen years, and he lost everything. Uh-huh. He lost all his money. He lost his wife and everything. And then he was like, "I'm going to build the perfect pillow," and he and he built mm-hmm. a pillow, but he just sold it on Fox News, and now he, he's made like millions of dollars. Of course he has. Yeah, it's a movie. It's the easiest movie to option ever. Like, come on. Yeah. No. Totally. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> What what's the title? What's the title for a movie about a guy who quit his crack addiction due to a pillow? Now I lay me down to rest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My pillow and the P I L L are all capitalized. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I can't believe you guys have never seen this guy. He's a weirdo. Anyway. That's my pillow. That's my my pillow joke. Yours is about Alberto ramming you in the ass. Mine is about the actual my. Wow, pillow. <laughs> that was that was vivid. Yeah, that was that's very a, vivid. That, there's a good chance that's a scene in the movie. <laughs> right, right, totally. It's only special when I got my gimp suit on. Uh, Joey, what is this Mandalorian thing I missed? I'm not a huge Star oh, Wars yeah. nerd. Oh, I yes. saw okay. Well, Rob, what it, I saw people talking about it. I don't know what that is. I know it's a Star Wars thing, but I don't. What? know anything about it all right here we go yep. here we go give it to him joey so th- they have not made a live action star wars television show and it's been rumored for decades that they were well, going to make one well, well, the well, ewoks adventure didn't that count what about the christmas thing what about the christmas the, the, special guys, guys guys those were specials those oh, were one-time things i am talking about a weekly live action serial television show that's like on every week like you get it so it's been in development all different type of shows for for years and years and years it just they never happened so finally when disney plus decides that they're going to be disney plus they decide okay we need a flagship show something that's going to launch the streaming service a show that they can kind of hang their hat on like this is our game of thrones this my is our, pillow the show this week <laughs> Darth yeah, Vader gets exactly. pegged. <laughs> um, yeah, Darth, Darth Vader just. Oh, that was the best sleep I've ever had. Thank you, my pillow. <laughs> so yeah. sorry, Joey. <laughs> um. So where was I? <laughs> okay. Okay. So 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 they basically decide to make this show that's kind of in the spirit of like a spaghetti western, where it's okay. this sort of 
you know, mysterious gunman, kind of in the Wild Wild West, but rather than the Wild Wild West, it's Tatooine, and this is after Return of the Jedi, and it's this You're going to have to slow down. Guy You're throwing a lot at me all at once, okay? Sorry. I, I'll slow down. Tatooine is the desert planet that the first movie was based gotcha. on, yep. or located. Yep. It's it's the home planet of Luke, Luke Skywalker. So, so he's on this desert planet. It's He's in a Boba Fett type uh, armor, okay. except the, now I get I'll slow down again. No, so. I got you. Yeah. Boba Boba Fett, the bounty was the guy who shot with Han Solo. A, yep. Yeah, yes, sir. And he's a Mandalorian. That's like his sort of race. Okay. It's like where he's from. Gotcha. And so, like, like his armor is called Mandalorian armor, okay. and it's this very specific to like those type of people. Starting to get bored. The prequels tried to talk about Boba Fett, and they 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 ruined it because they gave him like a, you know. They gave him a dad, and he was a kid, and just got all weird. It was like, it, it just it was too much information. Like, okay. you, you know, mysterious characters. You don't want them to see. You don't want to see them as like an eight year old kid, like with their dad. You're like, no, he's like a cool, mysterious gunfighter, bounty hunter dude. I don't want to see him as like a like a little boy. The backstory is two sentences, <laughs> right? You remember uh, Unforgiven? Remember? Oh, he's a yeah, mm-hmm. oh, he's a bad man who killed women and children. That's all you need. That's your backstory. That's all you need. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So, um, anyways, they make this show, and um, I think it's very expensive. I think it's like one of the most expensive shows of all time. And Disney has has dough; they're going to be fine. So you go. So Mandalorian is Star Wars Western. I like it. Oh, I'm down. I'm here for it. I canceled my Hulu and signed up for Disney Plus. Wait, why'd you cancel Hulu? We never watch it. There's nothing there I really watch. We haven't watched it in forever. <laughs> so spiteful. <laughs> do, yeah. do you have to cancel Hulu like, to get Disney? Nope, but I did it anyway. No, Fuck no, no. you. <laughs> no, we just we just never watch it. So it's like why put another just reoccurring thing on there I don't ever use. But let's start trimming some of that down. So and there yeah. you can actually get Hulu and ESPN Plus and Disney Plus for a pretty reasonable cost right now. I just I just never watch Hulu. I just there's nothing on there that does anything for me, so we canceled it. But I'm Eagerly awaiting the Disney Plus uh, Mandalorian, and that's the only reason I bought it was for Mandalorian. Oh, really? I don't do Marvel. Like, um, you know. Well, what about the li- what about the live action Lady in the Tramp movie, Joe? Come on, what? <laughs> right. Uh, wait, wait. Are you serious? Are you I kidding? can get my I can get my own spaghetti well, with I'm, my wife. I'm, I'm okay. kidding that Robo would be interested in it, but I'm but no, it's a thing. Truthful it's actually in the fact that it exists oh, and you could yep. watch it tomorrow. Yeah, they already made it. <laughs> You gotta have content if you're watching the channel. Yeah, you gotta have that content, Joe. Gotta have that content. This is what I this is what I get for reading books. I know nothing about the world that I live in. I actually might watch live action Lady and the Tramp over the Rams Bears game next week. And it might be more entertaining. Um speaking of things we're addicted to, losing football games, the 2019 Rams. Uh, <laughs> We came out of the bye, we went to Pittsburgh, and then the football started. Rams lose 12 to 17, week 10. Oh, intros. Sorry, I'm Joe, at 3K underscore. Hello, Robbo. I'm Rob. At Seattle Rams underscore NFL. What's up, man? Hey, I'm Rob. Joey the Jerk, at Ellie Rams, Rams, Rams. Hello, Jerk. Hey, Jerks. Hey, Jerks. There was a game, 12-17. Not good. Rams now 5-4, and 3-2 and two on the road, 2-2 two and two at home. More to come there. Obviously, that home game in London counts as part of that but uh here's your box score jared goff 22 of 41 so nearly 50 percent 243 no touchdowns the rams offense mustered a whopping three points on the day two interceptions uh obviously coming late 
Uh, more to come on this context from the rushing side of the box score. Todd Gurley, 12 carries for 73 yards. Malcolm Brown, 5 for 10. Daryl Henderson, 4 for 4. So that's your backup running backs combining nine rushes for 14 yards. Todd Gurley, 12 for 73. Uh, the receiving numbers were spread out between Woods, Gerald Everett, Josh Reynolds, and Tyler Higby. Nothing special there. One catch for Johnny Munt, a timely one at that. But uh, the most important thing, obviously, from the receiving box or Cooper Cup, four targets, zero receptions. It was that kind of a day. Uh, also that kind of a day, three fumbles from Jared Goff. Only one got scooped up the Steelers. Uh, your tackle leader was Corey Littleton, followed by Taylor Rapp. Uh, team stats, not a lot of fun. The Ofer, I think, tr- 11 before they converted their first third down, ended up one for 14, 0 for two on fourth down. That was really the story of the day was that the Rams couldn't get anything going on third downs. They couldn't set up short third downs. Uh, and obviously with the way the offensive line was playing, not good. Robbo, let's start with you. I got to start with the biggest thing out of this game was Todd Gurley, the fourth quarter. This was a 10 to 14 game. Who? Uh, Going into the fourth quarter, we get the ball, and Malcolm Brown goes in at running back. We get a safety. It's a 12-14 to 14 game, and Malcolm Brown goes in at running back. The third series, it took three series for the Rams to put Todd Gurley in. He didn't touch the ball. The Rams get the ball back after stopping a three and out. They don't give Todd Gurley the ball. What the fuck's going on? Uh, that is a great question that I think everyone on the planet, except for the Rams front office, is asking. Uh, maybe the Rams Todd, front office and, and Todd LA media because Todd. they have no, they have no fucking. St- I mean, the, the LA media. I'm sorry, I like you, some of you guys, but no stones. If this, if this story was happening in back east, and you know, you always hear about it, but if this was going to Philadelphia, would would those people be killing Doug Peterson? Of course they would. But uh, you know, every time he's even he even talks about it, it gets more ridiculous. Today, it's again, it's the whole we got lost in the shuffle. It's how the game flow goes. It's part of our bullshit, bullshit. And everyone they expect people to buy this. It's terrible. It's it's so frustrating. Um, yeah, you you sign a guy to the second, I guess at the time, the highest contract in history of running backs, and you don't play him in the fourth quarter. And after the game, they asked Todd. Someone asked Todd Gurley, "You know, did you expect to get the ball, or did you want that, the ball?" And he's like, "No, not really. I'm kind of used to it." That was the biggest. Yeah. That's the biggest. That's it's like wow. It's 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 the story. I know we're talk, we will hit the offensive line, but this is the, it's the story of the year. It's not going to go away. It's not going to go away during the off season. It's going to be around there until he's either no longer a member of this team, or they finally admit that he's a broken man and they're just managing it because they. Inked him to that deal. There's no other, no nothing else that's going to happen. It's going to be out there forever. So get used to it, kids. Get used to it. Here's my question, Joey. Is we all know that that Sean McVay is just not whatever. He's not going to admit for whatever reason they tacked on to a strategy of acting like there was nothing wrong. And for whatever reason, Sean McVay is sticking with it. We all know that something's wrong. And we all we all know that everything changed since week fifteen last year. How how broken is Todd Gurley? He 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 had some nice runs. He put up some decent numbers. Mm-hmm. He had that one run late where he tried to cut it to the outside and he couldn't get there. And it, part of part of it is because we've crossed the Rubicon. It feels like that's the kind of play that he would have made maybe a year ago 
and made two years ago, but I, it's it's hard to know how much to read into it because of the duplicity of Sean McVay, Todd Gurley himself, and 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 the the slow acceptance of something changing for, for the media. But something changed. How broken? Well, I think in terms of being broken, I think it's something sure. that is difficult or embarrassing to explain. It reminds me of Chuck Knobloch, and he had a case of the <laughs> yes. yips, and when he would throw to the first baseman, <laughs> right, and when he threw to the first baseman, it would just sail into the crowd, it would go over the dugout, and I'm not saying that Todd Gurley has the yips, but I think he has something that's you'd more have, You'd mental. have to actually play to get the yips. <laughs> I, I think they're seeing something in practice, they're seeing something when they talk to him, I think he's definitely right now the type of player that is 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 he's a, he's an emotional guy, but but kind of more inward. I think Todd Gurley is more of an introvert rather than this extrovert or like this alpha football player, like a wide receiver. I mean, he likes cats. Come on, Joey. He likes cats exactly. So and CGI uh, cheeseburgers. So I think whatever's going on with him he he doesn't want to catch the ball he doesn't want to be out in the flats catching a screen pass or doing a bubble a bubble pass or play you you, you saw him dro- drop like an easy throw and more than one exactly and so i kind of feel like okay i'll ask you guys is there a case in the history of the nfl where there's been a player that is a situation like this, but you're being honest about it. You're just like, hey, he has this nagging injury. He doesn't feel like he feels, he feels like he lost a step or, you know, he's, he's not that we're just not going to play him enough or, or whatever it is. Like, do you think it's so touchy right now that if, if, if they're just honest about it, like, like, let's say it's exactly what Robbo said, which is his 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 knee is not letting because because we've seen him where he could run. It's not like he's this cripple. It's not like he's you know um, Dante Culpepper walking through a restaurant where you're like, oh that guy's light, knee's broken. He he can he can move. So it's it's very deceptive because you see him on a plane. You're like, okay, maybe he's not quick as fast than than he was last you know two seasons ago. But he, he it's 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 hard to really tell when someone has lost that 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 burst yeah. i mean sometimes you can kind of tell and he looks slow sometimes right Nah, here's the difference is we talked about it last time todd Gurley has a fermented knee there have been guys that have been dealing with this in the past the difference is and this is the difference between 2019 and old eras of the nfl in the old hair if you had a fermented knee as soon as you were healthy guess what you did you played as much as you could until the knee whether it was terrell davis or Fred Taylor, or insert guy here, Gale Sayers. When when you had a guy whose knee could not hold up for 200 carries in a season, uh-huh. you let him go until he could, and then and then he was done. The the idea of low and the NBA is dealing with this too. The yeah. idea of load management of having somebody who's quote unquote healthy, mm-hmm. and you're just resting him for preventative measures. That's what's new. Right. The idea of you have Todd Gurley, he's healthy, but we're just going to keep him on the sidelines for the first two possessions of the fourth quarter. That's the new part. OK. OK. You're, you're right on that. But but they're really not doing the load management the way you're supposed to do it. Look at the San Francisco 49ers. They have like 19 running backs that they're just throwing in there and everybody's complimenting yeah. that like they're they, they 
they broke the mold and they're like, oh, they got these fresh legs in. This is great. Look how well the 49ers are playing because they can 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 rotate these guys in. Fine. Let's do that. Everybody knows. You can tell. It doesn't matter how much money Todd Gurley makes. We can talk about the mystery of all the stuff or, oh, it's a big narrative. And like, sure, sure. But when you really just are playing the game, the guy's only getting the ball 12 times. So what are you doing with the rest of the of the touches? And that's where I think they're shitting the bed. I don't think it's even Todd Gurley's problem because, yeah, okay, you're not playing with the fourth quarter, but who are you playing? Like, what are you even doing? You're just letting Goff throw the ball a thousand times. You're not putting, you know, Daryl Henderson Jr., he wasn't in there. Malcolm Brown only got five carries. You know, what are you doing? You're running Bortles? Like, they're just lost. The run game right now, there's no strategy. It just feels like they're just putting Coke bottles and twigs in the dirt and making up a game plan. It just feels really like improv. <laughs> I don't know. You, you've, you've totally nailed it. And it's not just a running game. I mean, the entire offense is lost. It's we've, we've kind of talked about this before in the past, even last year, you know, McVay would kind of get away from some things when he maybe shouldn't have. And then, you know, he'll come back and oh, I gotta be better. I got self scout. You, you hear it every week, but we heard, this year, we heard it this week, you heard it this week as well. It's it's the same thing. Uh, he kind of gets that Mike March thing where it's like, you know what? I'm this is what I do, and I'm just going to do it, whatever. But you don't have the horses to pull off, and now it's and he gets desperate. I said it again. I said it last year uh, when he goes to the fake. It's it reeks of desperation. What the hell was that with Johnny Hecker? They weren't out of the game at that point. I saw no point to to throw that fake last. This was uh, was that the most shook that McVeigh's ever been a a yes. golf Bortles Hecker three play sequence where he was just like oh, I am God, swimming awful. upstream. He just desperately trying to like pull something out of out of the mud out of the sticks where Joey was talking about. It just it was just it was you know it what? was not it was not his best moment. Okay, I agree. It did not work out. But I actually, I kind of can't get mad for, for, for taking chances and being inventive. Yeah, I know they didn't work, but the fact that you bring in portals and you're just trying a run play, I'm not going to get mad at that because it's different and you're thinking outside the box. And I, I understand that the, the, the Hecker thing is ill-advised. I can't defend these choices that much, but there's also a part of me that when those things work out, I'm the happiest person in the world. So it's it it it, so, it pulls at me emotionally when, when people criticize those the, those plays because, um, you know it it just shows that he's just not like being like okay let's let's have Goff throw the Cooper Cup again. All right, Joe. Well, it, I don't know. Just yeah, I don't know. It just felt very very desperate. I mean, the Blake Bortles thing was more confusing to me. Like, I, you bring in a man, and you had one play in mind, and you couldn't even execute that. I mean. <laughs> He was surprised when the ball hits him in the face. It just it was so. It just, it just was amateur hour. It felt. I mean, it felt for the first time that he's taken over this team. It, that sequence. It. I mean, it just felt like everything was just getting away from him. And he was. He was. He was shook. He was reaching, and it just wasn't. And there was no need to be. You weren't out of the game at that point at all. Uh, yeah. No, it just. I didn't think it was. It just reeked of desperation. And I thought that he. Someone they're playing chicken with Mike Tomlin. Any blink. If you're looking for the easy scapegoat for why McVay's playing chicken, for why Jared Goff hasn't played great football, for why Todd Gurley isn't blowing things up in the box score, there's one culprit that has tied a thread, especially from the Tampa Bay loss to the San Francisco loss to this one. 
I know what it is. The offensive line. Uh, oh, is it, is it my pillow? Uh, no, I thought I thought it's gonna be Hillary Clinton's emails, but no, you're right. It's the do you think McVeigh is out there without his my pillow? Oh God, we're screwed. I don't have my my pillow. <laughs> Can't sleep on. I, I think Veronica took his my pillow. <sighs> I have developed a game plan for the Steelers that is impenetrable thanks to my my pillow. <laughs> uh, speaking of penetrable, the offensive line. Um, oh. It's gone through various iterations. We've had Austin Blythe go down. Jamil Demby come in. We've had Joe Noteboom go down. Jamil Demby come in. We've had David Edwards forced in. Now you had Edwards switching positions before the game. You had injuries to Brian Allen, injuries to Rob Havenstein, Austin Corbett, Coleman Shelton. One of the things we said, I think it was the San Francisco game. I said that, that, that was probably their worst game, which means things can get better. The problem now is that offensive line's gone, which means this offensive line's worst game might be in front of them because we're, on Sunday. We, well, and, and that was starting Brian Allen and Rob Havenstein. Brian Allen's now done for the season. Rob Havenstein going to miss week 11 at least. Um, we're going to have a new offensive line, and it's going to be a patchwork one of guys that were deemed not as prepared as the guys who were in there that failed. Joey, try to convince me this is not going to go horribly. Well, I think <laughs> if in the, the the headquarters of the Chicago Bears, let's just say they're making clam chowder, right? And they mislabel the, the fish and somehow they make the soup and it's bad and the defensive line eats it and they get really sick. And so we're going with fire. disease. That's the savior for the 2019 Rams. Yeah, yeah. Medical emergencies. Basically, if the if the if the bounds <laughs> of the Chicago Bears defensive line go off the tracks, we're good. <laughs> I would just say, uh, hey, hey, kids, did you know Disney Plus is launching a new <laughs> a new network this week, and you should probably check out the Mandalorians episode on Sunday. Oh boy. Uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, the, this offensive line's never made the Kessler run in three point something parsecs. Come How about on, that for a reference? Well, Kiss my ass, Star well, Wars nerd. <laughs> how how you know one being not at all and five being super confident. How how confident are you with this offensive line oh, no. against uh the Chicago yeah. Bears Cleo Mack show on Sunday? Yeah, I'm a one. Joey, are you are you not a I'm one? A, wait. We know the Bears' off offense is, is a problem, sure. but we saw what they did against the 2018 Rams offensive line, which featured Roger Saffold and a Rob Havenstein, who didn't play terrible, and Andrew Whitworth, who wasn't as old as he is. Together, Ooh. as friends, I want us to figure out who's going to start against the Chicago Bears on the offensive line. <sighs> so I'm going to go with the easy one. At left tackle, Andrew Whitworth. <laughs> Let's okay. start there. Okay, great. So, so pretty much, can we all agree that he's the left tackle, like starting? Pretty much, uh, yeah. probably, probably, maybe. Yeah, okay. I think Joe's probably wrong. Yeah. Okay, Joe Curry. Let's look, let's go over to right tackle because okay. that's where I have zero clue. Got it. So, so who it's, is it's the one of the three Who's the official it's, backup? it's one of three guys. It's one of three guys. Right? It's Bobby Evans. It's it's uh, it could be David Edwards, although he's probably going to play guard because he's been playing guard. Or it's uh, Austin Austin Powers. Okay, let, let's, let, I think right now we got to play him. So let's plug in David Edwards at right tackle. 
This is starting to feel like an episode of Secession. This is starting to feel like well, if, you put, if you put Austin Corbett, if you put David Edwards at right tackle, that means you're playing Jamel Dempsey. Oh no, you're, uh, well, you're, you're definitely playing Dempsey. So let's just get that over. Well, with maybe not. You got you got Corbett, maybe. you got Corbett, Blythe, and Shelton. If you're if you want to run an anti Dembe, if Shiv wants to squeeze Dempsey out of her plans, you can go Corbett, Blythe, Shelton along the interior. Oh okay, God. so let's talk about Coleman Shelton. So he's out of Washington. Where's Jacob Bell? Can we get Harvey Dahl back? Jacob Bell? Can we get some of these old Rams? Jason where, Smith where, might where be in a Coleman Shelton. Did we draft him? No, nope. Coleman Shelton came along. He got cut by the Arizona Cardinals when they uh, got down to 53-man roster cuts, okay. and we picked him. I, I I missed him. I didn't realize that he was on the roster. He he. Uh, he's, well, he's that's the whole point him. of the Coleman Sheltons of the world, is that you're not supposed to notice them. <laughs> Yeah, they're supposed to sit in the back and sit on the practice squad and work their uh, way up and maybe earn a contract. And if not, they had a good run. You're not supposed to have to go to these guys. This is like, I, I don't want to go too deep into our history. 2010, the uh, the, inju- the cornerback IR run where we put almost a dozen guys mm-hmm. on injured reserve at cornerback and you end up starting to just sign guys who are unemployed and you just start churning through them. We're on the verge of that with the offensive line yeah. because of the injuries. And this is the this is kind of a return to the, the norm where we've had mm-hmm. these three years where we were incredibly healthy. Remember, everybody was talking about like, oh, it's just it's Reggie Scott. He's figured out how to play football and not get injured. Yeah, guess yeah. what? No, that's not how the football works, man. And okay, so I, to, I'm uh, still trying to figure this out. So if, if 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 at right tackle we have we we put in Edwards and in center we put Coleman Shelton. So we okay. still have we, we still have left left guard to figure out. So okay. you want to put Austin Corbett at left guard? I don't want to, but I think you're forcing me to. Yeah. And, then, and then and then at right guard you put in Austin Blythe. And then if you're you're what your your two backups no. are Jamel Denby no, and no, Bobby no. Ever, Evans. Well, who else do you have? Well, we're gonna I, have to sign somebody. I think you put Austin, I think you put Blythe at center because he's got the most experience, and you that's the yeah. most important. Okay, spot. all Center's right. So then, then at right guard, you put in Coleman Shelton. <laughs> you're gonna put someone with a. You're going to start to guard. You're literally going to start forcing guys just to go in. You're going to start putting a jersey on a guy and say, "Look, go in there and figure it out, man. I don't care." You got 60 minutes. Yeah. Johnny, Johnny Munn, Munn, right tackle. Right tackle. Because think about it. Man. Oh, Johnny Munn. We're, we're going to do it for you, coach. At what point does Jake McCoy <laughs> get get some? Because yeah. remember, we still right. got uh, Jeremiah Cologne and Chandler Brewer on the practice squad. One of those two is certain to come well, up this week. One of those guys is going to come up this week. You're going to fill that spot with yeah. another offensive lineman. So it, it is what it is. It's just like 2010. We're going to start we're going to start churning through the very bottom yeah. of the depth chart. But this is why we talk about this when we do this stuff in the offseason. Granted, Coleman Shelton mm-hmm. wasn't on the team, but this is why we talk about Jeremiah Cologne and why we talk yeah. about Chandler Brewer and why we talk about Jamil Demby and why we talk about these guys is that you have a chance for the bottom of the depth chart to have a major impact on your season. And it's not always this bad. A lot of times you have teams that go to it and they're able to suffice. They're able to go to a Troy Hill or a Troy reader and get sufficient play. That doesn't do a unit. Now we'll have to see with the offensive line. Obviously it doesn't feel like that's going to be the case there, but that's the situation that we're in where we're going down to seventh, eighth, ninth men on the depth chart and trying to figure. I got a question for you real quick. You know, he played for Oklahoma and he's a rookie. What do we know right now about Bobby Evans? Because 
all I really know is just putting the tea leaves, reading the tea leaves and saying, okay, this guy, you know, is, what was he, like a, a fifth, sixth round pick? Is he was third. Third round pick. Shit, you're yeah, right. He's, David Edwards okay, played so, before he did, and he was drafted in the fifth. three rounds later? Two, two rounds okay, later. Okay, so he yeah. hasn't even really barely sniffed the field. He's played two games. What do you guys think about this guy right now? Did, do, have we heard anything about how he's playing in practice? I have nothing. No. Well, if I can, I, we can go off of is that he, he was he was picked higher, so they thought more of him coming mm-hmm. out of college, and then they got a hold of him, and they thought, all right, David Edwards is more ready to play. It, well, to be fair, the one thing that we saw was the preseason, and he had a very bad preseason. Uh, didn't play well. The teams are very tight-lipped about practices because they don't want to lose leverage on guys in terms of contracts, number one. But number two, they don't want to divulge uh, for example, think about what it would say about the front office if they drafted a guy, they bring him in, and he looks like shit. They don't want to throw their own front office under a bus. I'm not saying that's the case with Evans, but they don't want to do that kind of stuff with their own front office because if we think about our offensive line moving forward, what is that same front office going to have to do? Draft one, two, or three guys over the next two or e- years. You don't want to throw they're those gonna guys under a bus. They're going to have to use a supplemental pick on Isaiah Battle, or they're going to have to draft Andrew Donnell, or you know? they're going to have to draft Cody Whitman. You don't, you don't want to insult the guys that you're about to go lean on to help fix your offensive line problems. So they're going to keep the stuff from practice behind mm-hmm. you know, closed doors. The one thing we know about Evans is that he didn't play well in the preseason. And like Robbo said, they prefer David Edwards. I think the more difficult part is there's a lot of excuses for the offensive line. The offensive line itself has turned into an excuse for a lot of the rest of the offense. The problem is that we've got to start using it as one. Because your boy, Joey, Jerry Goff, is not playing great Wait, football in a, in a year coming off the Super Bowl. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm going to make that hot take. I'm going to break some news. Jerry Goff is not playing like a top five QB in the NFL. And the problem yeah. is we need, we need him to elevate this offense because he plays a position that can do that. You can't really do that at running back. You can't really do that at tight end. Yet you've a quarterback can change the course of an offense and he's not doing that. And that's not helping. You're right. He really isn't. And you want, you want him to play well on a bad team. And right now the, the, the offense is a bad team and it, it's it's rough, but I will say that Jared Goff is sixth in the league in yards passing with two thousand six hundred and ten yards. Where was he at? I I don't remember. I didn't check it. I, did we do the QB index from NFL dot com um, last week during the buy? No, and he um because I know he's he, at like seventeenth he or something, like twenty. Um, I think he got the twenty two at some point. <sighs> let, let, let's do it like this. Is Jared Goff a top 20 quarterback this year? Um, yes, I think he is. Okay. That makes me feel better. Well, well I mean, here's, here's who he's – okay, so right now he's ranked 19 um, uh, on, on NFL, and he's, he's right ahead of Josh Allen, oh. Jameis Winston, Ryan Tannehill, Kyle Allen, uh, oh, Baker Mayfield, the who's who? Ryan Fitzpatrick, <laughs> Daniel Jones, the Sam Donald, of the NFL. Brandon Allen, Mason Rudolph, and Dwayne Haskins. Okay, uh, so those are guys that are behind stop. Goff. Please stop. So let's talk about guys that are directly in front of him. Nick Foles, who has not played a game. Jacoby uh, <laughs> um, Jacoby one game. Kyler Murray. Um, old Matt Ryan. Uh, mm-hmm. Goofy Kirk Cousins. 
How does Kirk Cousins get goofy? How does he get the goofy tag? I don't know. His name is Cousins. I, I like it, but I don't know. Cousins when I think of Kirk Cousins. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Goofy I just, every time cousins. I always think of my parents, I'm like, kissing cousins. Um, Phil, then you got the baby maker <laughs> at 13. Everybody knows who the baby maker is. Phil. Philip Rivers. Phil Riv. Um, you got Jimmy Alphabet at, at 12. Um, yeah, we're good. And we got the red- now we're getting we're getting way beyond golf. Yeah. yeah, and then and then we got the guy that was drafted right after Goff at eleven. The old old Carson redhead. Wins, yeah. mm-hmm. that, that's the problem where we're at, right? Is that Goff? It's it's like you said, he's not playing good football on a bad team. He can play good football on a good team. He's almost like an amplifying quarterback, yeah. where when things are good, he can make them better. But when things are bad, he can't elevate the team. I think the problem is, I'm not sure this offense is going to be good for a while. And we might need him to be the kind of quarterback that maybe he's not. It reminds me of like Derek Carr. I think if Derek Carr is on a good team, he's going to be great. If the offensive lineman, if the offensive line gets messed up, he's very similar to Jared Goff. And I think he's just right now not on the right team, and we, he's not the quarterback that we need. We need a guy that can make a play out of out of something broken, you know. But, but those guys are tricky. Are you talking about John Wolford? Um, Sosa no. has a guy. Sure. We can Blake Bortles. You want to put Bortles in? Yeah, because he can run. John Wolford yeah. is yeah. the Middlelothian. I already forgot what it's called. Uh, I already you forgot. You know, I'm not going to correct you. The Midlo- the Midlo- the Midlothorian. <laughs> the fact it's that so we mad. have one of the highest played paid QBs in the league, and we're talking about trying to find a guy who can run because offensive mm. line, I mean... This whole thing is just awful. It, you know it's really, not awful though, Robbo and Joe. You know it's not awful, Gerald Everett, the Mythalarian on I'm Disney Plus. Sixty-eight yards, Robbo. Uh, <laughs> oh, Gerald, young Gerald's doing his thing, and that's part of the problem. Is that we, we've extended these other guys? We've extended, you know. Tyler Higby and Jared Goff and this weird core. And it, it, it obviously coming out of last season, it felt like it made sense because we had it. But so much of it was dependent on Sean McVay putting them in positions to succeed. He's, for whatever reason, whether it's the offensive line, whether it's Goff not being a certain kind of quarterback, whether it's Gurley having a fermented knee, whatever it is, Sean McVay is, to this point, incapable of getting them into position frequently enough, consistently enough to overcome guys. Are you worried about that? This year, moving forward, like 2020. Both. <laughs> I mean, this year, I'm, I'm almost resigned to the fact, and they're five and four, and they're still very much in it. They're seventh in playoff positioning right now. Um, the last uh, of, the, of the 49ers losing to the Seahawks kind of hurt them in the fact that, we need Seattle to start stacking conference losses, and that could happen down the road. Uh, but I think we talked, you know, leading to this week, they needed to finish six and two to have a pretty good shot at the playoffs. And this game was one with lacking Big Ben, no, not having AB, not having Bell there anymore. I mean, this was a game that we we kind of counted on them winning. I think just about everyone thought that they should win. Uh, now they've got next to no wiggle room, so uh, they definitely. Yeah. They definitely have no room for mistakes, and I'm not sure. I mean, with no offensive line, I'm not sure how you, anyone can expect them to do this. If they figure out a way to make this season work and squeak into the playoffs with what this offensive line has had, it will be the greatest coping, coaching job you've ever seen in Los Angeles or St. Louis or Cleveland Rams. 
it's oh the whole Cleveland. Remember the Cleveland season? Yeah. Remember them? I mean, honestly, if if you can figure out a way to get to the playoffs, but we're talking about starting yeah. David Edwards, Austin Corbett, Austin Blythe, someone else, Bobby Hebb. I mean, if you're playing that on offensive line and you can make that into a playoff team, yeah. you've done a hell of a job. I'm I'm not trying to play Johnny too positive, but if I was, one of the ways that you could make an argument for the Rams to get some of these big wins and get into position for the playoff is, is the one side of the ball that we haven't talked to. We've talked to for what, half an hour already talked a lot about the offense. We didn't say anything about the defense and whether it was against the Steelers or the 49ers or insert team here outside of Tampa Bay, the outside of Tampa. We're not talking about the bucks tonight. Outside of that game, the defense has been great, and they were phenomenal against the Steelers. They they scored more points than the offense did. Uh, they shut things down in the running game, albeit without James Conner. Uh, they closed down the passing game, and yes, that's Mason Rudolph instead of Ben Roethlisberger. The, the Steelers looked at the Rams' defense with Aaron Donald up front, some capable guys and the linebackers with Clay Matthews coming back, looked at the, the secondary with uh, Jalen Ramsey, Nikel Roby Coleman, uh, Taylor Rapp, and with John Johnson out, Eric Weddle at the back and said, what? What is the one thing we're going to do early on? We're going to go at Troy Hill. Now, Troy Hill didn't make some plays. He had some ball skill issues, but he was in position to make plays. After that drive where they targeted Troy Hill, what did they immediately stop doing? Targeting Troy Hill. Yeah, and what else worked the rest of the game? Nothing. Nothing. It was a, this was a master class from the defense. Yes. Yeah, so are we and they do have a limited offensive team coming into Los Angeles this week. So the defense is going to hopefully step up and do what they did. I mean, you just got to hope that the offense doesn't fuck it up for them at this point. They can't do or, it or do you take week. do you do it the other way? Do you say that the defense needs to win because we know the offense is probably going to be a shit is this where you say look Jalen Ramsey, you need to make a play? Where we say, look, Aaron Donald, you got to get a strip sack. You guys have to come up with this yeah. because we're not going to be able to get sufficient play from the offense. It's on you guys to win some of these. Yeah, but I mean, how are you going to win games? You can win games uh, six three, seven off a, a pick six. Or, I mean, we can't. You can't count on that. So Jeff, Jeff Fisher just got his Ooh. spidey sense just tingled. Yeah, it did. Oh, it's this. Yeah, this is feeling like a Fisher team, right? It's feeling. Very defensive, very limited offensively, uh, and that's because of injuries and some and, and mismanagement that they've got. I mean, th- think about the offense this year. I mean, they're not running what they've done the last two years. How much 11 personnel do you see them running these days? It's almost all 12, based because their offensive line is terrible and you run more two tight ends but to keep Tyler Higby in there. But, uh, yeah, this defense is going to have to do it. It's, it. I think you're right. They, You're going to have to have the two-time reigning defensive player of the year be more defensive player of the year-ish. You're going to need Clay Matthews to step up. You're going to need more Dante Fowler. All these guys have to continue to play. You're going to need Taylor Rapp to really step up. You're going to need uh, Troy Hill. You're going to need Jalen Ramsey, who's the self-proclaimed best corner in the game. He's going to have to make splash plays, let alone keeping his guys locked down. I mean, it's 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 on that side of the ball until they, they can figure out what's going on with this offense, if they can do it. I'm I'm with you there, but... That's a tall order. We're a defensive team, boys. We're like the Bears. We're going <laughs> to be ugly on offense. Are we, are we a defensive gonna... team now? By default. Yes. By I now. mean, uh, we, yeah. 
you, you wouldn't advertise it that way. You're gonna you're gonna put the offensive guys in the commercials for Sunday Night Football. I don't think they're gonna have a picture of Jalen Ramsey when they're putting ads for the Bears versus Rams. You're still gonna probably put Gurley or Goff or McVay needs to shave the beard and grow a big thick mustache. Go go Dicka looking. Right, go full dick. Yeah, the face, the face the of the team, like it or not, it's still Goff and it's it's still Goff and Gurley and and Donald. Those are the big three. Is it Gurley? Is the face of the team Todd Gurley or Cooper Cup? I think, I'm I not think t- if you, if you go on lots of LARams.com, who's who's leaping over the 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 title? The, What's the, the, the font? Has, has Todd Gurley leaped anything since uh, December of 2018? Ouch! Rude. Nice. Oh. <sighs> All right, so here's the question. Missing the playoffs, no first round pick. What, no is money. The, what is the balance of what we want from the rest of the season? Like, obviously, we all want to get to the playoffs, but how do how do we make the most out of what's what we have going forward? If the offensive line isn't going to be good enough to maybe to make a postseason run, or do do we do we have to hope that Aaron Cromer can just figure something out as the offensive line coach and turn these guys into workable components, or do you just kind of start to hope that we that we start to tank, or what? Well, if you're not have, you don't have a first round draft pick, why do you want to tank? Ah, so you can draft you know fortieth with that second round pick. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, That's cold. I'm just over here, like silently groaning. Just, uh, I, you know what? Uh, if we, yeah, you I, I'm, I'm so all much, for Dan. Team it's Tank right now. I want to tank, tank, tank. If only to have a reason to post second round mock drafts for you this year, uh, just to give you something to do during the off season. Because there's no, there, you know, first run off. You know, your your mock draft livelihood is going away. So I we need to you. keep you engaged. When we when we traded Jalen Ramsey, I didn't think about it for a couple hours. It didn't hit me. Like three hours later, that <laughs> we're not going to have any first round mocks for the Rams until 2022. And I mean, that what do you think, Joey? Is what's what, you know what, what are we looking for this year? Well, I th- you know what I think about? I think about the San Francisco 49ers uh, and how they have had these yeah. first round top 10 picks for years and years and years. And yeah, they've been irrelevant and they've been a laughing stock, whatever, but just for what four or five years they've been just drafting defense 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 and it hasn't all been a spotless track record on it's their, on their drafting of these guys Ugh. there's a couple there's been a couple bozos um but jiminy christmas he's on their team that, jiminy <laughs> christmas is on their managers? yeah man he, he's uh, yeah he's defensive tackle buddy this is the nose. By the way, Jiminy you guys Christmas. need to check that out you. on Hallmark on Thursday. Jiminy Christmas on 8 o'clock. Great movie. And it's after November 1st. So you can Sponsored by MyPillow. Well, you want Laramie Tunsil. You you want to? I, I want to left tackle to smoke a bong with a gas mask the day of the draft and put it online 
and then he falls to us. Because you know what? I want a guy who smokes who smokes me like that. <laughs>